Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Jerishia Hawk. She went from leading massive engineering projects like $400 million pipeline projects to leaving her corporate job and doubling her corporate salary all within the first year of starting her online business. In today's episode, we are talking about how to replace your salary specifically and sell your services online. She's taught hundreds of coaches, consultants, and freelancers how to turn their passion into a four-figure, five-figure, and six-figure business through her proven program. And girlfriend, I love that this is a little bit different than what you're seeing everywhere else online. This is like the anti-guru method and using a lot of grassroots efforts that I used myself when I first started my first service-based business. So it was such a pleasure to have Jerishia on the show. And I know you're going to love this episode. So tune in, get a notebook, and dig in. Hey, Jerishia, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. I'm happy to be on and to see you again. I know. It feels like it's been forever, but I'm excited to talk to you today about something that's like near and dear to my heart. And I don't know if all of you know, but I I used to sell services and that's how I started my business. So I'm excited to kind of jump into how people can replace their salary by selling services online with you. So give me a little bit of background. I know you went from selling, like working on big, big pipeline projects to like replacing your corporate salary and quitting your job by like making it super simple and kind of like going against the grain. So tell people a little bit about your story. Yeah. So I graduated with an engineering degree and, you know, my grandmother raised me. She raised me to go down the traditional American dream route, like maybe go get a good degree, go get a good job, get some good benefits and find a husband, have kids and like live the rest of your life and be content. So that was like the track I was down and like things were going really well. Like I got the degree. I started working for a Fortune 300 company, was moving up the leadership track like very quickly, which exposed me to some really cool projects and got to lead, like you mentioned, some really like large scale pipeline projects in the utility space. But once I was sitting there, like the youngest in the room, the only woman of color in the room and leading a $400 million pipeline project. I'm like, here I am, quote unquote, having the American dream of what my grandmother kind of envisioned for me and kind of what she hoped that I would achieve. And I just like, 
there was a part of me that was very happy. I was thankful and grateful for the, the job and the career that I had built, but there was a huge part of me that was super unfulfilled and kind of just getting fed up with like how the quote unquote system was like, you know, I, I was afforded a lot of opportunities, but I just didn't understand why I was, I, I kept walking into rooms and I was the only one. Like, why am I the only woman here? Why am I the only woman of color here? Why am I the youngest one here? Like, there's enough room for more than just my diverse perspective to be at the table. Right. And that's kind of when I dipped my toe into this online online world. <laughs> yeah. So what did you sell first? So at the very, very beginning, before I even sold anything, I had made these like action plan worksheets because I'm like, I got to see if people even want, like that was like the first step making a PDF. But the very first thing I sold was a group coaching program for six ladies. And it was called like the Goal Getter Group. And it was teaching women just how to achieve their goals. It was very vague and severely underpriced. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, well, we all have to start somewhere. And if if you guys missed my story on how I quit my job and replaced my income in 30 days, definitely check out the podcast. I think it's number two. And now we're at 295. So it's been a while since I've talked about it. But I definitely relate to your story. And I know there's a lot of people out there who are like, itching to leave their nine to five for whatever reason. We all have our own reasons, whether we're feeling unfulfilled. I know for me, I felt like there's a lot of age discrimination happening and I wanted to move up and they're like, you're just not old enough. And I was like, that's so freaking arbitrary. (laughs) I mean, they didn't use those words exactly, but it was very frustrating. So regardless of what wall you're hitting, I know people have that itch. If people do, what what is your suggestion for people to kind of just like get ready to make the transition? I think the first thing is just figuring out what is a way for you to be in a position of positive cash flow. Because I think in the beginning, you have this desire. It's like, I want to get out. I want to do something on my own. And all of these ideas start creeping up of all the possibilities of things you could do. But I think a huge disconnect that I see with like the students that I work with a lot of the time is they have a difficult time taking those ideas and packaging that into something that they can actually sell. And so I think the first thing is just think about what can give you positive cash flow. But I think at the very beginning, the easy, like the simple, I shouldn't say the easiest, but the simplest way for you to replace your salary is by offering services because it's, it's such a, a low barrier to entry to get started. And all of us have a, skill set that could potentially be packaged into an offer and sold as a service, whether it's coaching or consulting or freelancing. No. Yeah. I think so often, I mean, even if we're not going to get creative with it, we could take exactly what we're doing in our nine to five job. And I mean, you can change your ideal client if you want, but you could do exactly what you're doing all day for yourself and make more money. <laughs> I mean, it takes a little bit of networking and it takes like getting yourself out there and getting to know some people, but it's definitely possible. And that's exactly how I made my transition. I didn't really change my role. I maybe got a little more specific on the types of services I was performing, but it was it was just taking everything I had learned in school. It was taking everything I knew in my day-to-day life and like selling it as a service. So once they've identified what they want to do, or at least identified something that could make them money, how do you suggest people go about finding people to purchase these sort of things? 
Yeah. And kind of even to backtrack, so I was talking to somebody from my audience the other day and she's like, well, I don't, I don't even know what skills that I have that could be transferred into earning money. Okay. And I was like, well, have you ever had a job before? And to the point you said, she's like, well, yes. I'm like, all those, every day you're showing up to a job and you're getting paid, whether it's hourly or by a salary to provide a service. So like, don't ever, I think sometimes we can undermine the work that we've done because it was for somebody else. Right. And like we second guess, well, can we do it for ourselves? It's like, well, you, you've been doing it. Or maybe you've done things that you could have charged for and been doing it for free because it was, you never even thought about it as a potential like revenue generating type of activity. So I just want to throw that in there. No, I think, I think you're right. Like even things you do for free, like as a volunteer, are often things you could translate into selling. So, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't at work manage social media, but as a volunteer, I managed social media. So like, <laughs> like I know like that was for nonprofit and whatever. And granted, I did have a marketing background. So like that, I mean, that definitely helps my case, but I could have gone and done that. Uh, I think so often they're the super obvious things that we're overlooking. Yeah. Like, and it's just like, Oh, no one really needs that because everyone knows how to do that. Grant, if you're saying that, that means no one knows how to do it or not very well because it's just so innate to you. Yeah. Or like if you're really good at cleaning, like that could be a service you provide or even something you teach other people how to do well. Like something is small. Well, I suck at cleaning. So that wouldn't (laughs) be a service that I could provide. But like even like you said, it can be so obvious and it, it doesn't always have to be the most innovative, groundbreaking, like the next Uber or the next like Netflix idea. It can be some of the like the simple things that we do on a regular basis that provide a lot of value. Well, and if you see other people doing it, that just means there's a market for it. Yes, I'm so glad you said that because a lot of times people will say, "Well, it's oversaturated. There's too many people doing it." And I think I, I heard somebody say, like, you know, saturation is really just the issue of duplication. Like, if you're just duplicating the exact same thing that you see everybody else doing, then yes, it can be it can cause oversaturation. But you know, you can offer a similar service, but you offer a unique, you know, way that you do it or a unique process on how you deliver the service, and you know, n- now it's different. Yeah. So. I mean, I just brainstorming out loud, you were talking about cleaning and I, you know, you know, residential cleaning services are not uncommon. Like you can hire a maid service that has a ton of people, or you can hire like a one person show, but like, what if you specialized in people that had excessive amounts of pet hair and like you just knew how to handle pet hair really well i mean i would hire that person immediately because we have two beagles that shed constantly and it's an issue like we need cleanings between our cleanings because there's just so much hair everywhere all the time anyway just i mean little things like that you just never know could really make all the difference yeah. And I think you had asked the question of like, how do they get started yeah. in regards to like finding their first client? Yeah. I think people always say, well, I think in the very beginning, like referrals is what organic growth and organic referrals is what grew my business personally. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest thing, even to get those referrals or to even like get the awareness out there that this is something that you do is that like the saying that if you build it, they will come, I think is bogus. Oh, for sure. I think you have to build it and then you have to tell people to come on a consistent basis and then give them a reason to stay. And you have to just do that over and over and over again. 
So I think it's finding a medium or a platform that you can actually start to tell people that like, hey, this is actually something that I do. And this is the problem that I solve. And this is how I can add value. If And I think going like being specific in regards to what that is, like versus saying I do cleaning services, but you made that specialized in the sense that I specifically do residential cleaning services for people who have excessive dog care. That's way more specific. And it's like, oh, I know somebody who needs that service. It'd be easy to refer you. So I Mm -hmm. think it's like two things, like do your best to specialize your service in a way where it is specific and it's easy to offer referrals because it's so clear in regards to what you do and the problem you solve and pick a platform that you can consistently tell people about the service that you are doing and show up on a high frequency basis. So I think when we hear the word consistency, people think, you know, I have to show up every day at Monday at 3 p.m. and do a post. What I just mean is, and I think live stream video is a really powerful way to do it. Just making sure that you're being visible on a frequent basis and constantly communicating so people can get aware of what you do and how you can add value. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, like I said, it's just so being more specific is just so helpful. I mean, and I think sometimes you fall into that specificness, whether you want to or not. So for instance, I was doing web design at the get-go. And right away, for whatever reason, we Emily came on pretty soon after. And we started doing almost exclusively food based businesses. So they had food products that were in grocery stores. And, you know, like anything, it's it's a really small community. And so everyone in Kansas City with a food based product knows each other. And we never had a problem getting clients after that. Because as soon as you're the person who does that, people know you're the person who does that. And getting referrals It doesn't have to be difficult if you're decent at what you do. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. I love that you said that because I think sometimes people fear the, well, it's a small community. How am I going to hit my income goals or how am I going to make money? Or it's like the flip side where it's like, well, I know that this service, like, you know how to do web design so it can help anybody who needs a website. But I just think in the beginning stages, like the whole, I think the priority in the very beginning should just be how can I get this ball moving? And instead of trying to, you know, move up want a million balls in a million different directions, just give all of your attention on that minimum viable audience. Like for you guys, food businesses who have products in store who need, you know, custom websites done or whatever, like that will at least get you starting and start to generate that positive cash flow that we talked about. And then as you start to gain momentum and like what you guys have been able to do, you guys have had, well, I'm not even sure you don't even like offer no. website design services anymore. Like anymore. You grow beyond that. So I think it's just I think looking at your starting steps are your starting steps and things will evolve and grow beyond that as you continue to go. So whatever you pick right now isn't something you have to get pigeonholed into for the next 40 years of your life type of thing. Now, everyone says, if you like what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. But do you think if you're trying to leave a nine to five and sell services that you have to like the service you're performing at first? I think... In regards to, I think like like is subjective. Like if you absolutely hate doing it, for me, I think it's like, what is your 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 tolerance level? And maybe is a better way to look at it. Because I'm a firm believer that there has to be short-term sacrifices for long-term gain. And that's always been my perspective. Like when I made the decision to, okay, I want to start, you know, even going to engineering school, like I never thought I was going to be an engineer. And like you have to take Calc one, two, three, and Diffy Q as prereqs. Oh my God. Like saying that I get disgusted. I was not good at math. I was not super smart, but like I had to go to engineering because of like a family situation. And I I wanted that guarantee. I didn't like, like, I, I still don't like traditional engineers for the most part or the responsibilities that we have. But for me, it's like, this is a short-term sacrifice for the long-term gain. 
So I think if you can approach and like ideally, if you can find something that you enjoy doing that does bring you joy with me, you know, in the beginning to start generating revenue, like, again, it goes back to just what's that, what is the end objective and what are the short term sacrifices that you're willing to make for the long term gain? And then you can always put a container on that. So I think it's, at least that's how I've always looked at it. But I've naturally, I haven't been able to sell the things that I really don't like, I really struggle with selling anyway. So I very rarely have had to end up doing them because I couldn't sell them because there was no like alignment or there was no positive energy or like I had a very difficult time selling it. So I think that's even something else to be aware of. Like if you absolutely hate something, even though you could sell it, if you know that that's what you need to do in the short term to get the ball moving so you have the capacity and the financial like cash flow to be able to change things up, or maybe you're in the position where out of the gate, you figure out what you love right away and you kind of fall into that naturally. I I think for me, it took some trial and error before I figured out what I really, really enjoyed by selling it, struggling through selling it and struggling through delivering the service for the client. So for me, it was a bit more of a trial and error. So I think it can kind of go both ways. What are your thoughts on that? That was a good question. Well, okay. So I mean, I think you can do pretty much anything that you're, I mean, any skills you currently have, you can sell as a service. I think, honestly, I would do whatever comes easiest to you, whether you like it or not at first, personally, because if it comes easy to you, the the job will be, will not take as much time because you need way more time to sell than you think when you first start. And I spent, I would, I don't know, what, 70%, 80% of my time prospecting, meeting with people, managing clients, dealing with email, sending out, you know, invoicing, like managing my account stuff, all of that. And like 20% actually doing my job. But if I could do my job really efficiently then it didn't bother me nearly as much. Now, granted, eventually I did get burnt out, but I had enough cash and I had enough business that I was able to transition because I was building an audience the whole way along. But if I had like done something that was, I was like perhaps passionate about, but it was more difficult for me, I think I would have wasted so much time that I would have gotten frustrated sooner. I guess saying similar things is like, for me, I think that's a short-term sacrifice. I may not love this, but I don't have to do it for forever, but it's the thing that will get me to the next step so I can have the space to do the other things. And that was more what I was after. I was like, I'd rather have money, which I know that's... So people, (laughs) if that sounds greedy, you need to step it back because you need money to step away from a job just so you know like i don't know if you realize but you know it's a, it's a little difficult unless you happen to be a trust fund baby <laughs> or have a rich husband or a rich husband or a sugar daddy or a sugar daddy whatever <laughs> unless one of those things are true about you you do need cash to survive without a quote unquote real job so i just did the yeah. thing that would make me money the fastest yeah and i think that there's no shame in that like I know for me in the very beginning, like I sold any and everything under the sun to try to figure out what would, would bring me positive cash flow. Looking back on it now, it's like it was a lot of, you know, and I think too, also like listening to what I heard all a lot of the millionaires in the online space saying is like, do what you love. Like what I love a lot of the time wasn't profitable. Like what I love 
is a great idea, but it's not a great business model. Yeah. And that's like, that's okay. But like, I wish I would have take like learned that sooner, you know, and also realized that do the thing that will generate cash flow. So you have the space to go do what you love and maybe not even get paid for it. Just so you have the space to go do it. Right. No, for sure. I think that led me to volunteering on things I was more passionate about and doing that for free while I was making money on things that I wasn't as passionate about. But so I know people are like, okay, I get the concept. I'm going to do something I know how to do. I'm going to package it as a service. I'm going to get referrals. But the like actual having a meeting or phone call or getting in front of someone, they start to shut down. Yeah. So, so you're like, what, what to do then? Yeah. So even if you're getting referrals, or like I mentioned before, doing live stream video on Facebook, for example, like I think it's just a great way for you to organically grow your visibility. But once you actually are either getting those referrals or doing your live stream video, I think a really important step when you're having conversations with people, whether it's virtually or in person, is to make sure that you're actually making the invitation to take the next step. I think a lot of people forget this. They'll be like, okay, they go live on Facebook or on Instagram live or whatever. And they start telling people, hey, I'm starting to clean houses for people who have excessive dog care. That's what I do. And it's like, it's like almost like one night standing somebody over and over again. Like you get them all hyped up. Like you have a great, great evening together and then you don't give them your phone number. So then they can't text you. Even if they did, if they were interested in maybe going more steady with you. So like always make it the invitation. And that's why I love Acuity scheduling personally, because you can set up, like you can just have a link to send people to, to say, schedule a call with me, like a next step call. And let's talk about how we can work together, how I can help you solve your problems. So always make that invitation to even have a call. And is that what you were talking about? Or even like once you get on the call, then what? Well, I think both. I think so often, regardless of how they're getting in front of someone, they're just like not sure on how to solidify that pitch. I know for me, I had to focus a lot on talking to someone as if they were already working with me and what the steps were like and what it was like to work with me and always assuming they were going to say yes, that tended to work the best for me. Because if they got to the point where they were having a one-on-one conversation and I talked to them as if they had already paid me and were working with me, I don't know. It just seemed to work out better for me. But what's your take on this? Yeah. Well, one, I love that. For me, my 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 biggest goal has always been just to help somebody make a decision. So that kind of released me from the pressure of like, are they going to say yes? Are they going to say no? But just help them make a decision. And when you really do approach it from like a serving over selling, like what's your heart posture in that conversation? Like, are you speaking out of desperation because you're like, I just need to get a client? Or are you speaking from a space of how can I just serve this person? And for me to best serve them would be, this is a problem that I can solve. And if they have this problem, then I'm a good fit. And if I can't solve their problem, like not taking it personal, but just offering that, like referring them to somebody else, just saying, you know what, maybe I'm not the best fit to be able to help you. But I think if you can approach it from that and just how can you get somebody to make a decision, that's always been kind of where my heart has been in it and what's been really helpful for me. But I love how you were saying, like, structure the conversation as as if that like they're already a client. I love that that perspective on it too. Mm-hmm. What about the talking about the money 
Like, okay, now we're excited. We're helping them make a decision. And by the way, I need to check right now. Blah, 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 blah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I think we always have to remember is not to project your limiting money beliefs onto your potential client. This comes up all the time with my students. They're like, but Jay, I don't think that they'll be somebody would pay for this. Like, I, I don't think somebody would find this valuable. And I said, well, I'm glad that you're not your prospective client. Just because we have these limiting money beliefs about what's valuable, or like you mentioned earlier, this seems too simple. Why would somebody pay? Like, what's simple to you is somebody else's struggle. And that's like your gift. Like, that's why it does come simple to you because it is your gift. And, and it's why would you pay great. for something that's easy in your gift? Like, that's, what, that's right. why you're not your own ideal client most of the time. So I just think that that's an important thing to remember when you start to bring up the money conversation. And then when it does come time to, one way I always like to ask for permission. So it's like, I always like to to get that confirmation and that's always helped me be comfortable when it comes time to talk about the dollars and the cents. But, you know, as you're going through, and like you said, speaking to your potential clients, if they, like you've already closed a deal, you're breaking down what you can do for them and how you can support them. I always love to ask a question, like, does this sound like the type of support that you need? And they say yes, or they say no. You know, if they say no, then it's like, you can kind of redirect the conversation. But if they say yes, they're giving you a confirmation to say, okay, I want to learn more. And then if you feel still a little uncertain, you can ask, okay, great. Would you like to hear about the dollars and the cents and figure out how we can move forward working together. And then I also wait for that. Yes. And once they give that, yes, it's like, you've got two positive confirmations that they want this. So that should hopefully help you relieve any doubt or worry that you have about talking about the money. Cause now it's just, they understand the value of what you're providing. And even if you're trying to go buy a burger at McDonald's, you have to exchange money for that value of like, that's like a bad example, but being fed, you know? Yeah. So people understand the concept of exchanging money for value. Now they've confirmed that this is valuable and that they want it. Just tell them how it is and shut up. I mean, just tell them this is how much it's going to be to work with me under this container and just be quiet. Because I know a lot of the time we will start talking ourselves out of a sale because of our own limiting beliefs or money issues. So just state the price and be quiet. And say, how does that how does does that work for you? Or just be quiet and say, that's just what it is. How would you like to move forward? Or the next step in moving forward is collecting your credit card information and us processing the payment. And you just tell them what happens after payment has been collected, and you just keep it pushing. Yeah, I I just would keep going. So I'd be like, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna work through this and. I will need 50% up front. We'll have the 50% due at the time your service has ended. I am booked up for the next two weeks, but we could get started at the first of the month. And I can't wait to get started on your project. I have so many ideas. Maybe you can tell them a couple of your ideas. I don't know. If you if you just keep going and not, not talking yourself out of it, definitely I think having a pause is helpful, but just keep going as if they're going to continue and, and assume they're going to buy. And if they're not, they're going to tell you they're not, or they're not going to follow up with you even when you reach back out. So like, yeah, if you keep going, just if when you keep going, don't talk yourself out of the sale. No. Like, and then, well, I can offer this discount. No. Or I can give this bonus, just state the price and then state the next steps. And I know one thing that's been, that was really powerful for me in the beginning and something that I continue to teach inside of my program is that we collect payment over the phone. 
So and that I know you mentioned before, you spend a lot of time in, and I think a lot of creatives typically do if they do design work or graphic design or freelance writing or that type of stuff that they've traditionally been in the back and forth. You have to send a proposal and then wait for it. So if, if you're able to you know, solidify the process of your service in a way where it's pretty standard every time, I would do the best to collect all that information and process the first payment while you're on the call. So then you're not having to necessarily, you know, send it out like pitch and pray or proposal and pray to see that they actually follow through with it. Or for some people who have like, they have to send that proposal and that's just part of their process. I always love to confirm a follow-up appointment or just ask the question as to, when do you think that you'll be able to review the proposal and get it signed by? I'm, I'll send it to you tomorrow. Just so that like there's clear communication on expectations and like the turnaround time. So, or like you even mentioned, like we can get started on the first. So that kind of creates a window, a container that they have to get this stuff right. done by before things can get started. Well, and I think for me, the the thing that helped with that, because I did, I had to live on a proposal-based kind of system because of the nature of the kind of work I was doing. But what I would do is do a discovery call that was super quick to schedule my like meeting or whatever. So on the discovery call, whether they realized it or not, they learned nothing about me And I got all the information I needed to be almost certain what they would need in their service so that I could come to the the real meeting that was like maybe an hour instead of that 10 minute initial call. And I could have the proposal done and ready. And so they could write me, I mean, at the time I took checks because it was, it was a while ago before, you know like Dubsado and HoneyBook and all those things where you can process online payments. That didn't exist. So I took checks, believe it or not. So I would bring the proposal with me and we would go over the proposal at the time. So I came prepared knowing exactly what they needed and could accept payment immediately. So that's beautiful. But like, it goes back to, I think it's just so important that you are like, you have been prepared and you show up as if it's already done. Yeah. Versus showing up with like the doubt that it's not going to happen. And I think that can make all the difference in how you're like your perspective and how you're approaching new potential clients. Yeah. And if they want to add stuff, great. But I'd rather get a 50% upfront on what we've already discussed and then send them an additional whatever for whatever they want to add later. Yeah, that's good. So I think... Say we're getting consistent referrals, but we're wanting to expand a little bit and get in front of new audiences. I know social media, you mentioned live video, all the things, blogging, podcasting, like it starts to get really overwhelming for someone just starting their business. What do you think or what have you seen with your students that has been most successful in actually getting paid clients that's kind of like expanding outside of your circle. Live stream video has been, that was the most powerful for me. And it's been the thing that I teach my students as well, mainly because regardless of what platform that you're on, uh, I prefer Facebook, but regardless of what platform that you're on, video views just organically on these platforms are getting more of more of organic reach than stagnant posts or pre-recorded videos that are then uploaded. And I just think video gives you a way that when you're talking, like if if you are speaking to 
prospective clients or somebody perspective potentially is listening, it allows you to like grow that no like and trust factor a lot quicker because they can see you, they can read your body language, like they can get a feel for your personality and whether or not you'd be a good fit so much quicker than I, I in my opinion, being able to, having to read multiple blog posts or only being able to hear you in audio. But my, my big thing is just pick one platform that you're going to own and just say, I'm going to be committed to showing up on this platform consistently and going all in on it. But I think video on Facebook natively, live video, because even if you don't have a budget for doing paid advertising out of the gate, which I know I did not in the beginning, doing your live stream video from your business Facebook page, you're still being able to collect all of that data of all the people who viewed your videos, all the people who've engaged on those videos all the people who shared and all of that. So when it does come time where you actually are starting to generate revenue and you're getting cash flow and you have time to actually start promoting your content to cold audiences using paid ads, you have all of this like viewer data that you can leverage so you can get cheaper cost per conversion down the line. And I think that that's the really big thing that I push for our students is doing live video on Facebook or on Instagram because of that data collection that you're able to get so that you can, you know, use that data to scale your business once you have the cash flow to actually do paid ads. So I think that's a really big thing. And, you know, a lot of the time, even though you may be doing live stream video and the only people on your page are your friends and family, but if it's good content, like they, people will share that content and sharing that content. Every time somebody shares, you're not getting exposed to new audiences Or even doing live stream video, collaborating with other people's Facebook groups and being a guest expert in their Facebook group by doing a live video presentation in there. Like all those things, I just think so much power can come from the basis of doing that live video to start start with. Yeah, I so agree with what you're saying. And, you know, everyone's kind of route is a little bit different, but I definitely agree. And... I love the idea of selling services as your first kind of go. So I want to jump into talk strategy to me. We've talked about a lot today, but ultimately, if you're listening, likely it's because you want to replace your salary and you're ready to quit your job. So if that's the goal and we want to quit sooner rather than later, what are three to five things we can do in the next month to kind of set us up for going down that path? So get out your pens and paper, people, or your open up your notes section on your device. I love sharing the three steps of our POP method, which is like P-O-P. So first, starting off, pick one person. So at, when you're thinking of the ideas and the potential people that you could serve, try to go niche like we talked about today. And instead of saying, I want to do cleaning services for anybody who has a residential property to doing cleaning services for people who live in an apartment, like getting niche to people, you know, doing cleaning services for people who have excessive dog hair, like try to pick one specific type of person that you can help solve this problem for. And even when you're thinking about your target market, or I think a lot of the time um, when we hear like, who is your target market? You hear it kind of like these broad brushstroke type of catch-all. I help women who are 20 to 40 who have a rental property that they don't know how to clean. Like That's a million different people you just included. Try to think of one real person. So if you're offering cleaning services for people who have dogs, like think of Abigail. Like Think of her specifically. So when you start thinking of, of your messaging and how to package your offer and what would resonate, you can have a real point of reference where you can go do research and kind of internet stalk that person to figure out what those things are. So the first thing I'd say is pick one person. 
Second is pick one problem. And we kind of talked about that in the first point, but just you can, if you get stuck, like brainstorm all the different problems that Abigail potentially could have and just focus on solving one of them. You know, kind of like the Jay-Z lyric. It's like, I got 99 problems, but you know, A1, it's like your ideal client has 99 problems, but your job is just to solve one of them. And then finally pick one platform. So I mentioned Facebook because that's just one I think is super powerful. It's growing rapidly. Like there's billions of people on it on a daily basis, but maybe, you know, platform isn't your, Facebook isn't your platform of choice, whether it's Instagram or LinkedIn or doing live events, like pick one platform that you want to be committed to over the next 30 days where, you know what, I'm going to show up on this platform consistently and communicate to that one person about the one problem that I solve and make the invitation to hop on that next step call so we can, you know, talk about how to become, how to figure out the best way to work together. But I think those three things can really help you get the ball rolling and help you start to gain some momentum. Awesome. Well, I know people are going to want to hang out with you online and hear more about your kind of grassroots efforts of getting started rather than the more, you know, what the the gurus are teaching you these days on how to start a business. So where can people hang out with you online? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram, Facebook at Jerisha Hawk. And we have a pretty awesome Facebook group if you're interested in learning more. It's called Selling Signature Services with Jerisha Hawk over on Facebook, but you can visit jerishahawk.com backslash join to join us and hang out with us there if you're interested in creating and selling a four-figure service. Awesome. Thank you so much for hanging out. And I know people are going to love this episode. So make sure you guys share it and tell people, tag us both. It'll be good. So thanks so much for being on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.